0: Wrestling is mankind's oldest sport. We know for a fact it went back at least 4,500 years. The oldest piece of literature is the Epic of Gilgamesh. In the Bible, the Lord God sends the angel down to wrestle, not to play golf, soccer, or basketball. He sends him down to wrestle Jacob. We go back to the very origins of, of society. Wrestling is this magnificent sport with a warrior background between one man, one man, one woman, one woman. Babe Lincoln wrestling. And it was a catch as catch can style of wrestling, frontier style. So there's no sport that has the tradition that wrestling does.
1: Hi, I'm Shaky, and these are my tales of times forgotten. This is Shaky Subject matter all right i'm in newton iowa with my longtime friend for over 30 years mr mike chapman now some of you in the wrestling community might know mike chapman but a lot of you probably don't so i'm gonna let him explain who he is and what he's done in the world of wrestling first and then we'll get into some other stuff so mike Go ahead and explain
0: your history with wrestling. Well, Mike, I was born in Waterloo, Iowa, and for amateur fans, that's the hometown of Dan Gable, who some people, most people, consider the greatest amateur wrestler in American history. He won 181 consecutive matches over seven years in high school and college, then lost his last college match, if you can believe that, and then won the World Championships, and in 1972, he won the Olympics without giving up a single point in six matches, And then he went to the University of Iowa and became the most successful coach in any sport in NCAA history. He won 15 NCAA team titles in 21 years. So I've always been around wrestling of all kinds, Uh, Mike. I wrestled in high school. I wrestled three years in the Navy. And Waterloo also has a great pro wrestling tradition. Actually, nine world heavyweight champions have defended their title in Waterloo, Iowa, starting with Frank Gotch in 1909. So I used to go to wrestling matches, professional wrestling matches, when I was a youngster. I saw Vern Gagne wrestle Hans Schmidt in front of 8,000 people at the Waterloo Auditorium. I saw Pat O'Connor. I saw Argentina Rocca. I saw Yukon Eric. Uh, These are names from the 1950s, of course, but they were superstars back then, Mike. Yeah. And so I've been around wrestling all my life. I'm a journalist. I retired from a 35-year newspaper career. I've written 31 books, and 17 of them are about wrestling. And then, as you know, Mike, I created the International Wrestling Institute and Museum here in Newton in 1998. And one of the things I wanted to do, Mike, and it took guts, was to combine amateur and professional wrestling. Because most amateur wrestlers look down their nose at pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I had to convince them there was a day when professional wrestling in the days of Frank Gotch and Earl Caddock and Joe Stecker and Farmer Burns was the real deal. And that there are still a lot of pro wrestling, professional wrestlers, as you well know, yes. like Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, the name too, that have great wrestling backgrounds. So we started a professional wrestling Hall of Fame in the International Hall of Fame, Mike, which yes. is basically amateur and then we started these induction ceremonies, and Lou Fez, we'll talk about Lou in greater detail, he was like a father figure to me, became one of my, literally, one of my very best friends in life. And Lou and his wife, Charlie, came from Virginia and stayed with me and my wife, Beverly, for four weeks while we put the final touches on the International Museum.
1: I was at I was at the first
0: one, and I've known Mike, like I said, I've known
1: Mike for over 30 years, and by a chance meeting, he had moved away he had moved away from uh, Dixon, Illinois, where the YMCA was, and I was going in to do my workout, and he was there, and he was telling me about this place, which I had talked about before on one of my other podcasts, the Wrestling Institute, and uh, I came, and it was one of the best experiences of my life, getting opening doors and meeting people that I never would have met if it wasn't for you doing this, so I just wanted to say thanks for that. Well, thank you,
0: Mike. And and we've received a lot of those comments from people. And back to Lou Fez. So when I was in Dixon, Illinois, I was executive editor of the newspaper there in Ronald Reagan's hometown for 10 years. And it was during that time that I really branched off into doing some things with pro wrestling. For instance, I created a beautiful poster of the World Heavyweight Champions with Frank Gotch and Ed Strangler-Lewis and Vern Gagne and Lou Fez and Bronco Nagurski and all these people on it. And i had written Lou Fez. I'd never met him. And this is 1996 or so. And I said, Lou, I'm going to do this poster. And would you have a picture you'd like to be represented by? And I didn't know if I'd hear back from him. And within a week, I get this really nice envelope, and all padded and everything, and it says, Mike, great idea. Please use this picture. And I did. And so I created this beautiful poster. And I sent several of them to Lou as a gift. Rolled them up in a tube. Mm -hmm. And then, about a year later, a fellow by the name of John Arizi was putting on the huge wrestling show uh, a memorabilia collector's thing in New York City. And he called me up, and I'd never heard of him, and he said, Do you have Frank Gotcha's shoes? And I said, Yes, and Frank Gotcha's derby hat, and all these other things. And he said, I'm putting on this big memorabilia show, and if you'll come, I'll get you a room for free and the tables are like four hundred dollars, but I'll get you your table for free. And I said, John, I you know, I don't think my stuff is what most people want to see. And he says, Oh, you'd be surprised. And he told me who was all coming, Bruno San Martino and Buddy Rogers and that. And I said, No, I don't think so. And he said, Lou Fez. I said, Fez is coming? He said, Yeah, I said, I'll be there.
1: Is is that is that when he got the award when you were in the wrestling magazine? No, 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 okay, that came later. Okay, because I gave you the wrestling magazine. Yes. Are, okay, all right. right,
0: that's it. So I contacted Lou, and I said, I know, I'd never met him, and I said, I know you're going to be at the uh, Rizzi show in New York. I'm going to be there, too. I know how busy you'll be, but if you get a chance, come by, and I'll show you Frank gotcha shoes, and we can chat. He writes me back and says, looking forward to meeting you, and that's all he said. So I get there, there's a real tough flight in, and I don't like to fly, and I set up my booth and all kinds of people are, they had huge crowds, but hardly anybody's stopping at my booth. You know, I've got stuff from yeah. the early 1900s. And I think, well, I probably shouldn't have come. I'm, this isn't going to pay off. This tall, gangly guy comes walking up and he's looking around and he says, uh, in a real articulate voice, Do you have Frank Gotcha's shoes here? And I said, Yeah. And he said, Can I see him? And I showed it to him. It was Mick Foley. Oh. And we stood there and talked for about 20 minutes, and he was very friendly and said, I'm a huge Gotch fan, and I was blown away. And I think he was wrestling under the name Mankind then. Yes. So I told him that I was there to see Fez. And he says, I actually heard Fez say something about some guy here with Frank Gotch's shoes. That's why I came out looking for you. I said, well, tell him where I'm at. About 20 minutes later, Lou Fez comes walking out with a yeah. whole people line of people following him, Mike. <laughs> he walks right up to my table. And introduces himself, as if I wouldn't know yeah. him. And all kinds of people. We're standing there talking, and I'm behind the table, and he's in front of it. And so many people are coming up and talking to him that I finally say to him, I said, Lou, would you like to come behind the table and sit down? Fez comes behind the table and sits down. We spend like 30 minutes talking nonstop. First thing he asks me is he wants to know about Dan Gable. So we start talking. And his, the, finally, the promoter comes in and says, Lou, you got to get back there. We have a large line. And thez stands up and he looks at me and he says, hey, do you want to meet for supper when this thing's over? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> I met him at 8 o'clock, and we sat and talked till 1.30 in the morning. And from then on, Mike, Lou's favorite terminology when he was really like somebody, he yeah. says we were joined at the hip. Yeah. From then on, Lou Fez and I were joined at the hip. We did all kinds of things together. When I told him I was thinking about setting up this wrestling museum here, and we're going to have a wing for pro wrestling. He came out once first to scout it out and look at the locations with me. I took him to a University of Iowa practice session. I took him in and introduced him to Dan Gable. And then Dan introduced us both to the whole Hawkeye team, which had just won the national tournament. And we just bonded. I went to the 1995 World Amateur Championships in Atlanta. Lou and his wife, Charlie, went with my son, Jason, who yes. you know. And Bev, we sat together the whole time. Uh, we just became very, very dear friends.
1: Yeah, then that's, you know, that's just how it happens. You that's just click, happens. You click with somebody and it lasts. Yep. So, okay. And then at the Wrestling Museum, you had several different people come. And one of them was a, a Tarzan...
0: Yes, I'm also a Tarzan aficionado, or some people would say a Tarzan nut. Uh, 19 different actors have played Tarzan in 52 different movies, the first one in 1918. And, uh, you know, I'm a devout weightlifter, as you know, Mike. I've lifted weights for 56 years nonstop. This
1: this man, you know, I bench-pressed 300 pounds a few times in my life, and I thought it was something. And then this man comes downstairs and takes 225 and does... 15 20. What was the max? Actually,
0: I've done 25 reps. 25 20 reps, yeah. And yeah, my was... best single is 440 weighing 205.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's give this man a hand. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, <laughs> well, thanks. And weightlifting and wrestling have been a big part of my life. In fact, my latest of my 31 books, three years ago, I wrote a book called My Memoirs and it's called A Journey Reflections on 50 Years of Writing, Wrestling, Weightlifting, and Heroes. And in this you know, journalism opened so many doors for me, Mike. Yeah. And I've met four movie Tarzans. Denny Miller came to one of our events here as a celebrity golfer, as you know, yes. when you met him. He played Tarzan, then starred on Wagon Train for five years, uh, the TV series. I've met Bob Mathias, two-time Olympic decathlon champion. I spent two days with Muhammad Ali. I was his escort. Yes. And I was the sports editor of the Cedar Rapids, Iowa Gazette newspaper. Bob Feller was a dear friend of mine, baseball Hall of Famer.
1: I went through his town the other day. Twice. Oh, did you? Van twice. Meter? Yes, yeah, I went. Yeah, there used to be a then.
0: beautiful museum there, but Bob died a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. finally, there's still a museum there, but it's not anything like it was. Okay. And so, journalism allowed me to meet so many different people. And uh, four Tarzans have been friends of mine. I've written the biographies of two of them, Herman Bricks and Glenn Morris. And uh, but, see- but wrestling was, it was my great love.
1: I remember you were doing something. I asked you a question and I said what what's with he, and you I said what's with the Tarzan? He's like, "Well, they asked me to speak at the convention." Yeah. I said, "Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know about that. I didn't know about Captain Marvel or the Phantom, stuff like that. You're you're just into all the same stuff."
0: I am. Yeah. Um, I've as, got as
1: me rather. I'm into the same stuff myself. So,
0: I've got I'm comic sorry. books from the 1940s of Superman, Batman, and Captain Marvel. I collected Uh, I've got a complete run of Tarzan comics going back to 1944. I've got a complete run of Conan comics. I've got a complete, not a complete run, but a lot of Westerns. So I've I've just been multidimensional. And part of my book, Mike, as I said, it's about writing, wrestling, weightlifting, and heroes. And I think heroes are so important in our society because they're inspirational, motivational. Give us somebody to use as role models. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is this one from the book Heroes and Hero Worship by Thomas Carlyle. Whoever excels in what we prize appears a hero in our eyes. Let me repeat that. Whoever excels in what we prize appears a hero in our eyes. And I can talk to somebody for five minutes and ask them who their heroes are, and I know what kind of a person they are. Um... I mean from a good st- yeah, a good standpoint yeah. if they're he- if their hero is Albert Einstein they're probably in the math and uh, yeah. relativity if their hero is Norman Borlaug uh, from Iowa who who found a new f- strain of wheat that saved uh, a half a billion lives. Uh, they're great philanthropists. If they're into if uh, Luthez or Frank Gotch or Dan Gable's a the hero, they're into wrestling. Yeah. you know if Mickey Mannell's a the hero, they're into baseball. So heroes are important in our society. And I've met a lot of men through wrestling that I consider heroes.
1: Yeah. Me, me also, in a different perspective of it, but I have met some very interesting people. So
0: Absolutely. And to your listeners, I can remember lifting weights with Mike in Dixon, Illinois. He was dedicated. He worked hard. And you had pride. You yeah. wanted to make something out of yourself. And that's what I like about a weight room. It's a solitary activity and you do it through motivation and inspiration, and you've had heroes that you looked yeah. up to, and you wanted to be like them. And if they were wrestlers or weightlifters and that, you have to lift weights, yeah, and be strong. And uh, you came to our first ten inductions. Uh, the first one we had in 1999 when we conducted right
1: right around the corner, <laughs> right around the corner, yeah. The way we are now, <laughs> yeah.
0: And Vern Gagne was AWA World Heavyweight Champion yep. for a long time. And Vern and Luthez was NWA Champion. And they really, they didn't dislike each other. But there was no love lost between them. Yeah. They were rivals. And we inducted in our first class, Frank Gotch, yep. Ed Strangler-Lewis, Luthez, and Vern Gagne. And I brought Vern Gagne and Luthez together in in this kind of a social activity for the first time in 30 years yeah and mike you've seen all the memorabilia i have here in the house yep. right on my special display case is a picture of luthes and Vern gagne at our first inductions they both look terrific uh they're in a uh, suit coats and they're shaking hands with big yep. smiles and i see that picture every single day that i come down into my den And I think about those two men who were such huge heroes of mine when I was growing up as a kid, and I brought them together in Newton, Iowa.
1: Well, you know, some of the things things I've done, you know, like hanging out with Dan Hodge and getting to know him on a first-name basis, and he sees you every year, and, you know, getting invited into the secret meetings late at night after the museum's closed, and then you have Dan Hodge showing you the difference between the amateur – the amateur headlock and the professional headlock. Trust me, you don't want to be on the receiving end of the professional one. I could, I could handle the amateur one, though I don't know if I could handle it from an Olympic athlete. <laughs> I, I think I could handle it from a high school one. but uh,
0: I'm so glad you brought up Dan Hodge. Yes. My very first book in 1976 was called Two Guys Named Dan. It was about Dan Gable and Dan Hodge. Uh, Hodge never lost as an amateur, three-time NCAA champion. He's the only man in history to win national titles in boxing and wrestling. He was 17-0 as an amateur boxer with 14 knockouts. And let me tell you my greatest Dan Hodge story. I'd never met him, and this is 1976, and I'm a young journalist starting out, and Gable was already a good friend of mine. Yeah. So I had the idea of writing this book called Two Guys Named Dan. And, of course, Gable was all for it. But Dan Hodge had an unlisted phone number living in Perry, Oklahoma. So I called up Vern Gagne, who was a friend of mine, and said, can you give me Hodge's number? He says, absolutely. He gives it to me. And I call Dan Hodge. Yeah. And I tell him I want to come down there and do a book. And he'll be in it with Dan Gable. And he was a big fan of Dan Gable, who was about 15 years younger than Dan Hodge. And he said, okay. So I go down to their house in Perry, Oklahoma. His wonderful wife, Dolores, and Dan meet me at the door. I go walking in, and he's got his two young sons there and his daughter, and we're sitting around for about an hour talking. And I said, Dan, would you put the sleeper hold on me? I said, I've participated in judo mm-hmm. and sambo and wrestling, so I know what a choke is like, but I want to experience it from you. And his wife said, oh, no, my!" <laughs> and I said, no, no, I do. So I stand up, and at the time, I'm 200 pounds and yeah. well over 400. And his youngest son says, wait a minute, I want to go get the neighbor kids. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm standing there and there come about six kids. And Mike, he gets behind me and locks on the sleeper and lays me right out. Yeah. I mean, I'm out like a light. I finally stand up. He helps me stand up and we're all laughing and talking. And I look at uh, the youngest son and I says, was I doing anything down on the floor? And he said, you were just laying there with your right leg kicking. (laughs) So that's how I met Dan Hodge. And we've been very, very close friends ever since. I did write the full biography called Oklahoma Shooter, the Dan Hodge story.
1: Yes. And that
0: sold out so quickly. And I see it now on eBay for 170 bucks. And uh, Dan and I, he's been right here in this house where you are yeah. Him And Dolores have stayed with us many times. And he's in his late 80s now and slowing down. Yeah. Uh, but uh, knowing Dan Hodge is one of the great Great honors and privileges of my life.
1: Yeah, and through you, I met Mad Dog, Mad Dog Maurice Vachon, who was an, also an Olympic wrestler. Made the Canadian Olympic yes. team when he was 18 years old, and his coach was George Hackenschmidt. He said,
0: "Well, I—that's I what he told me." Huh. Well, uh, Hackenschmidt was living in London all that time. So Maybe he, it was
1: during the Olympic Games. Yeah, he might It have might have been, been during the, yeah, during Games. the Olympic Games. I get Games, a little confused. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. he
0: was living in London, and that's where the Olympics were. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So, and, yeah. you know, he, Hackenschmidt probably did come watch the Canadians work out, and he probably did spend some time with Yeah. Him. So you just told me something about Maurice Vachon I didn't know.
1: Yeah, you show me and I'm a, a big picture. fan of Hackenschmidt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there, you, your stories could go on, but. It's just great to have somebody that I can write a letter to and ask a question about something and get the answer back right away without having to worry about. You know, you understand what I'm saying? You're very knowledgeable in all the stuff and all the people.
0: And I just wanted to say, people, go to Mike Chapman. What's the website? It's www.mike-chapman.com. And they'll see pictures of me with Muhammad Ali, Ronald Reagan, uh, Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk. They'll see me standing on the tomb of Achilles on the other side of the world. I read yes. a novel about Achilles. I might know more about Achilles than anybody uh, alive today. And, uh, of course, I've written two books about Frank Gotch. And, uh, yeah, they can go on my website, Mike, Mike, www.mike-chapman.com. They can find all my books on there.
1: Okay, well, I think we're going to sign off today because I'm going to visit with my friend some more because I don't get to see him very often. And I'd rather, I'm sorry, listeners, but I'd rather listen to my friend talk to me than do an interview with him for you. All right.
0: Bye. <laughs> Great. Good job, Mike. Thanks.